as fans of horror, our goal is to weigh the merits of films based on three specific categories. Production, monster quality, and scare factor to decide on whether to admit them into our sacred horror canon. Yeah, and this podcast will put together, will put horror movies to the test to determine what to watch next, what's worth revisiting, and what to recommend to the uninitiated. Number two pencils ready, and begin. Okay, so today we are talking about The Haunting of Hill House, the novel by Shirley Jackson, as well as the film adaptation, The Haunting. Um, so we're going to begin with the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written in 1959. Um, it's considered a classic horror story. Um, and so let's just jump right into production. Yeah, so I think with this one, I think the writing is beautiful. I love what she not only does with the characters in terms of their development, but um, I really just like her prose style. I mean, the so again, we're teachers, and so I teach the lottery in 10th grade every year, and that was my only exposure to her. And I love the lottery. Um, so this was just an extra bonus because you get so much Shirley Jackson into it. But yeah, it's production. We're looking at the novel's power and effectiveness in its writing. Um Character development, um, what else do we want to say? In the depiction of the iconography and betrayal of its subject matter. I, I want to give it a point. Oh, absolutely. Just with character development alone. The characters are so strong in this, especially mm-hmm. Eleanor. Um, she's such a great character. And her arc just totally plays into... Um, into the larger story of Hill House. Um, she's so lonely, sad, mm-hmm. and this is her first chance to like do something and be part of a group <laughs> and belong. Yeah, and <laughs> and it just goes so poorly for her. I know. I and I mean something with uh, with the difference between the book. And the movie in that character is that as I was reading it, let's let me just say in the novel, I kind of read her as more, I don't know, not as depressed as maybe she comes across in the movie. Hmm. I think I, mean, I think she's lonely. I think she's not happy with her situation. But I don't know. I feel like the movie portrays her as being a little bit more just out there, like lost part of her mind. Whereas in this one, I thought she was just like deeply like. Uh, like like reflective, meditative. Yeah. Well, part of that has to be just because we get so much um, internal dialogue in the yeah. book, uh-huh. and we just can't get that yeah. in the movie. Um, and so I, I agree that, um, you know, I, I think I like the portrayal in the book a little bit better. How uh, the other characters are developed as well. I mean, with Theo, for example. Theo is a really interesting character. Um, you know, it's not subtext that she is a lesbian. It seems very out there. Well, not overt, still. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a part of it. And so I love her relationship with Eleanor. Yes. Well, do you think that she's doing it just because she's desperate? And she would just fall in love with anybody? Or do you think that there's sort of like something about Theo that would make her... Well, it seems like Theo would be just a very 
attractive person to many people. Um, she's very sensual. She's very bold. And so it seems natural that Eleanor would be attracted to her after being so repressed and not being with anybody for so long. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, that's something that's interesting about her. She does have this sort of natural charisma as many times as Eleanor in the book will say how unnatural she is. I think to like kind of jab at her a little bit. Um, And that even comes across in the film too. Mm -hmm. But attraction aside, I also just love the dynamic of, of their friendship slash rivalry um, because there's definitely some jealousy there. Mm-hmm. Um, Playing off each other, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. Um, Dr. Montague was a really interesting... It's, it's okay. Character. So you say, okay, as I was reading it, I said Dr. Montague also. And then in the movie, it says Montague. Uh, actually, Markway is... Is that... In the movie, they changed it to Markway. Why? Do we to know? make him sound a little more American, maybe? <laughs> I have no I idea. You know how they I, change I names. Sometimes? I know, but I just thought I was just maybe misreading it, and I don't know. Oh no, no, I I looked up um, like the spelling like of the it. Spelling of it because I yeah I was like that's not his name. In the book, yeah. So so and another thing too uh, that we were talking about too that struck us was the dialogue between the characters. How sort of like uh, playful and charming that it was. Yeah. Definitely classic 1950s sitting around playing chess. Uh-huh. Finding a book to read and yeah. talking about the state of the world. Their but, jokes are very fun. And- yeah, so let's definitely give it a point for for production, I think. Absolutely. Great. It's a great book. So moving on to monster quality. The novel's monsters are frightening, clearly relate to archetypal fears, and have depth. What do you think? Yeah, I think this movie has some classic horror elements that are portrayed in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a haunted house story. Yep. And so we'll have to talk about the house. Um, it's a ghost story. So they're ghosts and we need to, you know, think about are these ghosts? Is there any depth to them? Mm-hmm. Um, and what about in like, I mean, they're definitely internal demons, right? We can say right. with Eleanor herself. Uh, also, I guess, could you say socially with Theo? I mean, each character has his reason to be there, his own sort of, like, inner demons. But I think the core, I I think Eleanor is the core of the book, and her struggle with loneliness informs our understanding of everything else. Sure. Because... Can we um, connect that to the ghost then, too? Yeah, well, first, we can connect it to the house. Mm -hmm. Um... Whatever walked there walked alone. So Hill House is a lonely place. Um, and and so Eleanor, you know, really does come home when when she's there. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't even make that connection, too. Each one of them is lonely in their own way. So you could say, again, socially because of her sexual orientation, Theo Okay. It's kind of uh, alone. I don't want to say an outcast, but let's say fe- uh, has an intense feeling of loneliness. Well, and didn't she also just break up with her yes. partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also, so Luke, he is the lone heir of Hill House. Yeah. I mean, even though I guess you have his aunt or whatever, but mm-hmm. she's not there. Yeah, and he's kind of reluctant mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be a part of it, mm-hmm. right? And then we have the doctor who he He's is kind of also, a loner in his field. He's a loner, exactly. And yeah. I just put that together. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so it has depth, then, with that. What about the house? Um, 
and it's like it's ghosts. It's uh, yeah. Do we want well, to call them poltergeists or what? Well, it's interesting because we have to ask: Are the ghosts real? Yeah, or are they just there as a part? Of, like the group wants them to be there, so they're there. Yeah, Is that what you're thinking? Well, it's it's part of the common discussion with with the book in the movie is how much of this is happening in Eleanor's head because mm. by the end she acts possessed. Yeah. We can't tell if she really becomes possessed. Right. Um, although I will say that in my research of the book and the movie, um, Shirley Jackson, according to her, the house is really haunted. Um, that this is kind of impossible to to say that it's all in Eleanor's head, especially since other characters experience things as well. Yeah, but I wonder. I I wondered that too. I wondered if those experiences are are in turn caused by Eleanor, whether it's the beating, the pounding, the knocking, uh-huh. the sounds, the noises. Um, I wondered if they were a part of. Her, and then you have that nice thing that I wish they had in the movie, but it is in the book with planchette, with the like the Ouija board thing oh, that uh-huh. um, Doctor Montague's wife yeah. brings. Um, she, I wonder if that's kind of a nod to that because the idea, whole idea behind the planchette is that it is moved by. Sorry, I'm a skeptic in this area. <laughs> is moved by the person, even though yeah. even though it's an unintentional, and we don't think about those micro. What are they? I think they're called micro movements or micro micro muscle oh, things. I have no idea. So. Uh, the idea behind that, the planchette, is that even if you think your hands aren't moving, there are micro movements in your mus- muscles pushing along. Okay. There's another, there's a test for that with that phenomenon. With um, people used to do it with like a, it's like a weighted pendulum on a string. Mm-hmm. Um, and the old wives' tale is that you can hang that over a pregnant woman's belly, depending on if it goes like oh, in a straight uh-huh. line or in a circle. Um, so apparently when they tested people, people holding it say they're not moving it, but then when we actually look at the electrical signals going to their muscles, is that, in fact, like they are making it turn, right. even if they don't feel it. Mm. So I wonder if that's a similar phenomenon with Eleanor in the house. Yeah. Like they all kind of are there under the premise that there is a haunting, so they automatically think there is and will like associate it. Because do you really think that the doctor is a skeptic? Or has he already decided it's haunted? Um, I don't know. How do you explain the scene where I believe it's Eleanor and Theo outside and she sees like children playing like in a garden? Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm. Does Theo see it? Yeah. Hmm. In fact, I think Theo says something like, don't look or don't turn around um, because she's scared of what she sees. Mm -hmm. So my, my interpretation, the way that I'm, I'm choosing to interpret it is that there, the house is haunted by um, some kind of ghost or spirit, whether it's the owner or just all you know, all the people that have been involved with the house at one point or another. I, I think that the house is legitimately haunted. And I think that haunting brings Eleanor to have a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. So I think her possession is in her head. Because she's already very 
emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I read it too. Is that she came into it as as a sensitive figure, mm-hmm. and then the house sort of just with its powers or its haunting like pushed her over the edge. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I read it too. But I feel like that's to me, yeah, that's how the book leans. But I feel like the movie maybe leans a different way with that. Well, we'll have to talk yeah, about it. We'll, we'll get, get there. To so, do you want to give it a point? Yeah. Archetypal? I think so, too. Definitely. The loneliness um, felt by the character, Eleanor, and how it inhabits the house, I think, uh, has quite a bit of depth. And then the ambiguity of it, um, is it real, is it not? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty common with anybody who is in a scary house, you know? Yeah. Is it really haunted is you know is that knocking sound really a ghost or mm-hmm. is it is there an explanation for it yeah i love it. i agree so then let's also talk about scare factor so we want to make sure that it's intentional and that it is scary from beginning to end i i love the arc of this book from beginning to end i think there's a great build i think it's meant to be it is meant to be scary you know regardless of what we're being scared of um, whether it's the haunting or just our own <laughs> psychosis, but I love it's, it. It's a much more subtle scare than sure. a traditional horror story um, because so much of it is psychological. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what makes it really effective mm-hmm. is that we are questioning it mm-hmm. just like we would if we were in the house. You know, like I said earlier, you know, if, if we're lying in, you know, the big bedroom and we hear knocking, we would probably question, is that really happening? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, a ghost? Is it something in the house? Streaming? So what did you, how how did you feel about the ending then? The ending scary? Did you feel like it was appropriate? So the ending, for those of you listening, is that she crashes into a tree. I feel like the film is very specific about its interpretation of why and how that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think? Do you think it was possession, or do you think she just, decided to do it i've got to go with i i think she thinks she's possessed but she's not again the ghosts in the house are real i think the ghost wrote eleanor come home mm-hmm. instead of somebody else mm-hmm. um doing that and i think it drove her to have her mental breakdown and so i mean yeah. losing your mind is you know very scary social rejection mm-hmm. is very you know scary right and I, well yeah and i feel like the loss of her mother is was traumatic for her and so then again she's facing loss again she can't take it i i, I do i i also think that it wasn't the ghost that necessarily made her do it but maybe the ghosts um were alluring to her and she did really want to stay she mm-hmm. didn't want to leave or face loss again yeah. so well and that thought only occurred to her when she realized that she was no longer welcome there because Mm -hmm. as we were saying earlier, so much of her experience is like, you know, this is my first chance to fit in. And, you know, do you, do you think that, do you you not think she was trying to kill herself on the staircase? Was she, I thought she was just kind of climbing uh, the rickety staircase. Well, that, that's what I mean. Like, was she doing it just to try to get inside the house through that way? Or was she, was it the ghost trying to push her to commit suicide? That's where it gets, like you said, ambiguous. Yeah. Like, 
because we have that moment just before they're asking her to leave and all that. that but she morning. doesn't seem to want to die at that point. No. Does she? That's what I mean. She doesn't seem like she wants to die. She definitely seems like she wants to die at the end. But I'm wondering, are the spirits of the house, like, compelling her to climb the staircase? Hmm. Because that's that's what it suggests in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess we just have to read Well, I it. guess I guess regardless... I just find it interesting that once once she is forced out, that's when death is like the only option for her. Okay. To like still be a part of the house. Mm-hmm. And so that sense of rejection and a sense of, of losing your one place of belonging, while it may not be like viscerally scary, I think it's definitely a fear i mean being an outcast having the people you care about reject you Mm -hmm. um and and so intellectually it's scary in that end um but then also you know the creepy sounds (laughs) you know uh atmosphere is very eerie yeah i think yeah so scare factor it sounds like you're saying is there so it looks like we have a new addition to our literary canon yes all right. Congrats. Well, let's move on to the film version then. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the 1963 film adaptation of The Haunting. Yeah, let's preface not the, the, not the 1999 remake. No. Although I will say I did watch it because I was grading something where I could watch something as, as I was grading. And it was so terrible. It just completely lost the whole point of the book. Because it was all about solving the mystery of the ghost mm-hmm. and the ghost children rather than anything related to Eleanor's internal struggle. It was very disappointing. Anyway, we're talking about yes. Robert Wise's production. Um, if you don't know who Robert Wise is, the movie he made after this is The Sound of Music. So, Love it. <laughs> this guy has like such a diverse... Um, set of films under his belt um and this is his this is the scary one <laughs> um so let's talk about it what do you think about the production production um i really well, my favorite part about the production for this for me i don't know it's difficult to say about the character development because having read you know mm-hmm. the novel is kind of hard for me to keep track of like okay do i know this about the character because i read it or am yeah. I seeing it? but really what stood out in the production are the different camera angles, edits, and cuts in this exactly. movie. Are fantastic. Uh, when, I mean, even at the end, I was telling you I had to rewatch the, the end again just to kind of like wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Um, when she is kind of going through this like uh, psychological breakdown, she there's one moment where she's like, we see almost like a, what is it called? What kind of mirror? Is it convex mirror? Concave mirror? Okay. Around like like you see in a drugstore that can mm-hmm. see the whole thing, yeah, yeah. and so we see that view of it. And it's like like that um, angle of the mirror, and then she like is running at it, and then she runs into the mirror. And it was like a cool little mm-hmm. like production thing, and then that the camera is constantly turning and switching and giving like making us uneasy, and then there's shots from above. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that's definitely the the best point for me too. Is is um, yeah, the, there's when, when we have scenes of haunting uh, 
experiences where we hear the knocking, we hear voices, the cameras get really crazy, and that totally adds to the effect of the film. So um, glad there aren't, I mean, obviously there couldn't be, but like CGI ghosts would have totally messed this up. Yeah, and in, in the remake, it's the house is like overproduced. Mm. There are so many things on the screen um, because they're, it was a big budget. They were trying to make it look really, um, just really expensive. Mm-hmm. And you could see that they put a lot of detail into it, but it was too much. It was yeah. too distracting. And so here, like, I love the look of the house. Um, it wasn't too much. Yeah, I love the focus. It's very similar to the novel. Like, they're going to be in one or two rooms mm-hmm. or, like, that library area. Yeah. Um, or their downstairs meeting area or eating area. So it's like really focused, which was great, and still mm-hmm. focused on the group of people. The parts that we loved about the book mm-hmm. come through in the movie. Yeah. Um, I also love, I mean, I can't get, even if I'm in a haunted house, um, like, I, I love seeing like the scares that are, the doors that are like stretching, oh, like, getting huge. That's I, one of I my... can't get over that. I will never think that's dumb. Oh, I'm the exact same way. That's one of my favorite effects, like yeah. in any movie, yeah. like in, fr- in uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street when yeah. he does it. Like anytime I see that, I'm like, that looks so good. Why is that? Why do we find that so cool? I don't know. With the door, is it that? Uh, let's let's get like <laughs> let's get um, literary about it. I mean, just the symbol of a door, maybe that's why it's so powerful. Could be um, the like the lighting that happens with that. We don't see that in a black and white movie, uh, but. Just the suggestion of what's behind it. Yeah, the anticipation. Because, you know, with this, we we don't get, like, a clear face or anything. It's just, like, a bending of the door. Um, And I'm thinking of, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street where you get, like, Freddy's kind of face Mm -hmm. and hands Mm -hmm. um, through the wall. But you don't get... You don't get his actual face. You get, like, the suggestion of his face. And so that suggestion is so interesting to me. And I think it makes it scarier. And I think that's a strength of this movie is that there's there's so much of it that is suggestion because you don't see anything. That's true. Can we call it timeless, though? I th- the acting is great. The voiceover was a little much. Yeah. That felt dated. Yeah. Um, but other than that, what do you mean? Um, so that part of our requirement in production is that it's it's timeless with its features. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with that camera work, that makes it timeless. That's never... Yeah. I think the acting's solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those okay. effects are great. The camera work is good. I think it's well-produced film. All right. So we're giving it a point. What yeah. about monster quality? I feel like some of those subtle um, monsters that we just talked about in the book don't necessarily come through. I, like we were saying in the beginning, I feel like with the character of Eleanor, she comes off as just a little bit more kooky and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not going all th- through all that deep. Maybe, it's still it comes there. Up, it still comes up, but I don't feel like there's as much depth. That's true. Which are monster quality ones. Um, although I, I still... I would still argue that it's there um, because if we if we compare this to other haunted house movies, other ghost stories, I think this would be 
a much more psychologically driven movie than those. Sure. Um, where the scare is jumping out at you. Um, where here it's, it's still implied. So I think I think there's some depth there. I agree that it's just a, a fault of the movie that we can't get as much internalization. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they try with the voiceovers, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not crazy about. Um, but even some of the scary moments like cold spots, yeah. you know, we just kind of have to take their word for yeah. it that Ooh. they feel cold. <laughs> yeah. Shivers. <laughs> Um, oh, but I love, I will say, when they go into the um, the nursery and uh-huh. it says, suffer little children <laughs> everywhere in there in those big, like, gothic letters, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm inclined to give it a point. Are, are the ghosts and effects and everything, are they scary? That's what we'll have to talk about next. But I think, I think there's quality. I think there's... Yeah depth i think so so yeah so scare factor um does it accomplish that goal from beginning to end i have to say i I watched the movie twice and the first time i was really unsure about this um because it felt like it was just too slow to be scary Mm -hmm. um and too subtle but the second time I watched it, I appreciated it a lot more, and I was paying a lot more attention to the camera angles and the editing during the scary scenes. And I think those effects are just, they're so effective um, in, in conveying a, a sense of, of dread, of uneasiness, um, the things that I like from the book are there. I mean, come that's, home, help Eleanor come home. Like I, I think that's such a creepy message. Um, the whose hand was I holding? That was there. Um, although it did make me think of the Evil Dead too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have trouble. I mean, I'm on the fence about giving it a, a point for scare factor because I feel like it goes too much into the drama of Eleanor's, like you said, her situation in psychosis. Like, that it's not I, I love that it's true to the book. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know what it is about the book that seems more scary to me, but the film didn't quite get there. Yeah. For me to, to, for me to say, I'm going to put this on my shelf, and I'm going to say to people, um, like, you have to watch this as a scary yeah. movie. I'm going to say, if you like scary movies... You should watch this. You'll appreciate it, but is it going to scare you? Yeah, I feel like for the uninitiated, they're going to think it's half the people I would recommend this to would really love it. I think, and then the other half would think that it's boring. Yeah, and so I think I think it's well done. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Although after my second viewing, I, I, I was pretty convinced that some of those moments, like especially the, the bending door, the tension in that scene was really um, strong. Like when he drops the mm-hmm. um, bottle or the glass. Maybe it's the, it, I, maybe it's the end that ruins it for me. So unlike the book, you have 
um, a doctor's wife who sort of goes goes missing and then like kind of jumps out and scares yeah. her oh, when she's, she's on also the like staircase. much younger in the movie. Yeah, she, she's Money Penny from James Bond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I mean I love that character in the book because I just like do not like her at all. Like, yeah, as a person, I just love her. And again, planchette. Let's talk to the planchette. Um, it, it reminds me of like. So uh, my wife and I have this like running gag with that idea of calling things and naming like inanimate objects without using the article, like they do in Arrested Development. Like, look at Banner, Michael. <laughs> um, she kind of does that with Planchette. It's like, let me consult Planchette, not my Planchette or the Planchette. So I love that part, and I kept thinking that as it was going. But um, at the end of the movie, where she's like popping up different places, and she is sort of positioned as like the replacement for Eleanor and stuff yeah. like that I was I was like I didn't really care for it yeah I like it much better with just I wish she had just like I wish she had driven into the tree like she does in the book without just jumping out yeah although that that little flash of of her running in white in like a mostly black frame I thought that was a really cool image sure like, sure like in that moment you know um but I, I am inclined to maybe say that, or maybe maybe I just have to agree that it's just not that scary. It's not scary. I think it's well done, and we said that with production. I think there's quality there, yeah. but a scare factor, I don't think it meets yeah. our expectations. Okay, so it's not honorable mention in the though. canon, but yeah, you agree honorable mention? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody who enjoys uh, scary movies, and is looking for something that is more psychological. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. Because, I mean, I'll just reiterate. So my, my brother is a horror enthusiast. He's the one I grew up with watching scary movies and looking for the most, like, bizarre and obscure movies out there. I, I probably could not pay him to watch this movie. He wouldn't do it. He loves, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. He loves, like, Critters. So, okay. So <laughs> Killer he would, Clowns from Outer Space. That's he what would he be to bored. Watch. Oh, he would be bored to tears, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. So I think other people like that wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't think it's scary. <clears throat> and and we do have the from the beginning to end um, part of the rubric. Sure. And as much as I love the the door scene, it just it just it doesn't carry the whole movie. So okay, but honorable mention. That's great. So we have. The Haunting of Hill House, the book by Shirley Jackson in our literary canon. And we have 1963 version of The Haunting in our honorable mention. Yep, and just don't watch the remake. Yes. Unless you will know. If you if you want like some like humorous slow torture. If you want to see what is it, I think like uh is it Owen Wilson? Yeah. Owen Wilson gets like slammed in the uh, he gets decapitated yeah. by this large lion. This ridiculously large <laughs> it's awesome. lion statue. Dude, it's I saw that so... in the theaters when it came out. Yeah, it's just so bad. Catherine Zeta-Jones, phenomenal Theo, though. Oh, she's a perfect Theo. Yeah. Yeah. And, which, and, and, and if you want to hear more about the remake, we really recommend to listen to the Faculty of Horror podcast. Yeah. Um, they do a great job with it. So uh, coming up, we have... Um, in two weeks, we will be on Christmas. Yes. So Christmas Day, yes. snuggle up. We have a Christmas present. Listen to Eric and John. So, <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> if you put your phone under the tree, then you can download our next episode 
which is a Christmas episode. We're going to watch um, Black Christmas, Yay! the original, and we're going to watch Krampus. Krampus. We're going to go watch that. So yes. I'm so excited for Krampus. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Might okay. get my brother to try to go with us. Yeah. Okay. He, would, he would do that. All right. All right. So, again, we appreciate for listening. Um, please subscribe to our podcast at unoyasolstice.com. That's E-U-N-O-I-A-S-O-L-S-T-I-C-E.com. Also, check out the Outrider podcast for conversations with writers. And you'll hear from us in two weeks. Pencils down. The terror test has ended.